welcome to the Core Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Banks, a mindset and positive psychology coach. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to creating happiness from within. So let's do it. Hello and welcome. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing the topic of self-love. On the last episode, we talked about the foundation of self-love, which is self-worth. We talked about ways to increase your self-worth, which would then in turn increase the way you view yourself and talk to yourself and treat yourself, which are all part of self-love. And today we're continuing that conversation by talking about self-care. First, I want to start by addressing the most common misconception about self-care. The term self-care usually gets a bad rap. A lot of people think of self-care as being selfish or self-centered or not caring about others. But in all honesty, that could not be farther from the truth. So let's talk about what self-care means. Self-care means replenishing yourself and taking care of yourself so that you can be healthy, so that you can feel restored, and that you can continue to show up as your best in whatever you're doing, whether it's for yourself, for your job, for your family, for your friends. So it's better to think about self-care as a necessity to achieve anything else you want to achieve. Without self-care, you simply cannot show up as your best. Without it, you become drained, you reach burnout, you just feel down. You can't really give your all. Like I tell my friends all the time, you can't pour from an empty cup. Like You just don't have anything to give, all of which prevents you from showing up as your best self, right? So the way I describe self-care really is that foundational necessity to taking care of yourself so that you can achieve all the things that you want to achieve. And so you can be all the things that you want to be. Self-care can fall into many different things in many different areas. Scientifically, there have been seven pillars of self-care that have been talked about. So we'll talk about those seven today and then give you examples of what you can do to accomplish that form of self-care. So the first pillar of self-care is the most common. I think this is the thing that most people think about when they hear the term self-care. The first one is physical. So when you think of physical self-care, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking it already, you think about a luxurious spa day or something having to do with bubble baths or facials or something along this spa type of luxurious topic. But self-care is more about taking care of your body. And yes, sure, a bubble bath, a facial, all of those things are ways of taking care of your body. But it also means eating well, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, exercising, nutrition, movement, anything dealing with rest. So it can be anything that your body needs. And the way to accomplish this is just really to listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to what it's telling you. Are you feeling tired? Is your skin dry? Are you taking the proper supplements? These are all forms of physical self-care. So to incorporate physical self-care, just simply listen to your body and just make sure that you're taking care of your body so that your body can then take care of you. The next pillar we'll talk about is mental self-care. Now, while all the pillars that we're going to talk about today are important, I feel mental self-care is among the most important as it serves as a foundation to other forms of self-care, especially when we are 
expected to juggle so many different things during the day. Technology makes us so easily accessible. It is very important to take time, just take breaks to incorporate mental self-care. Now, what is mental self-care? It can be anything from meditating, journaling, anything that revolves creating a healthy mind, really. So taking a break from technology, especially social media, maybe taking a break from the news once in a while. I like to do what I call a brain dump, where I just list out all the things going through my mind and I just put them out on paper. I usually do that at the beginning of the day. It just helps me get the thoughts out and makes them a little bit more actionable instead of just constantly swimming in my mind. But it could also be just going for a walk, being in nature, just anything that you find mentally grounding is a form of mental self-care. Now, as we're going through this list, I want to point out self-care is going to mean different things to different people. It is very customized to you and what you need. While I may give examples of each pillar, it's whatever speaks to you. So in the case of physical, we talked about listening to your body. And in the case of the mental, we talk about it's just anything that you find mentally grounding. So it doesn't have to be anything in this list or what I'm talking about in this podcast. It could be anything that speaks to you based on what your needs are. So that's important to keep in mind. The next pillar that we're going to talk about is emotional. Emotional self-care is simply finding healthy ways to cope with your day-to-day life. We all have stresses that arise in our day-to-day life, and emotional self-care is just about finding a way to cope day-to-day. Also, when we talk about emotional self-care, we have emotions which we know of as feelings. Even stress is a feeling, right? And what we feel affects our body. It affects our mental. It affects a lot of things. So when we're thinking of emotional self-care, It's finding ways to cope with your day-to-day life and the stresses that arise in the day-to-day life, but it also includes letting your emotions out in a healthy way. It's not healthy to keep emotions inside. Usually when you keep emotions inside, those are the things that can turn into illnesses or cancer or so many other things that affect your physical being. So when you think about emotional self-care and ways to achieve it, you can ask for support if you need it. You can set healthy boundaries just to protect your feelings and your heart. You can have a good laugh or a good cry, you know, just finding ways to express your emotions in a healthy way. And again, it could be journaling. It could be listening to music. It can be watching a movie. It's just anything that allows you to express emotions, whether it's a laugh or a cry or happiness or sadness or whatever it may be for you. Just finding healthy ways to keep you emotionally healthy, which will then affect your mental and physical health. The next pillar we're going to talk about is spiritual. Now, this does not necessarily mean anything religious in regards to faith. Spiritual self-care is participating in an activity that gives you a sense of meaning or purpose. Some activities could be volunteering, finding a community support, supporting a charity. Simply start with what matters most and just find ways to help. For others, it could be, again, meditation, spending time in nature. Some find nature very spiritual. Just anything that really grounds you into a sense of meaning and purpose, whatever that means to you, is spiritual self-care. The next pillar is environmental. You may have heard how environment can affect your overall energy and health, which is very true. I mean, Marie Kondo has a book about 
tidying up and then you have feng shui. You have a lot of things that talk about how your environment can affect your life. This is actually true. I mean, when we talk about your overall energy and health, it is important to take care of the spaces around you, whether it be at home or work. And ways you can do this would be simply decluttering or rearranging. If you're at home, you can tidy up or light a candle or... If you're at work, you can just rearrange things on your desk to where it just feels a little bit better, works a little bit better. For me, I love tidying up and then lighting my favorite candle. It just is transportive to me. It just makes me immediately feel calm and serene. So that's really all that environmental self-care is. And you can usually feel when you feel off in an area. So when you feel off in an area, think about what in my environment is throwing it off. Is it, is it clutter? Is it not clean? Is it dusty? Are you not getting enough light? Is it too dark? Anything in your environment that is throwing you off can usually be remedied. So just be conscious of it. When you're in an environment and you're starting to feel a certain way, is it the environment? Is there something in the environment that's triggering you? And if so, you can address it. And that's an easy way to incorporate environmental self-care. The second to last pillar is social self-care. This is one that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially coming off of 2020 and coming off of the COVID pandemic where we all had to shelter in place. One of the most fascinating things about being a human being is our ability to connect with one another. Connection is what makes us human. And social connection is a very important foundation to happiness and mental well-being. It provides that sense of inclusion. So when we think about social self-care, yes, it does include hanging out with your friends and being social and that type of thing. But it also just really includes building boundaries, making healthy connections, and setting healthy boundaries with social groups, communities, people that share your same hobbies, friends, family, whatever you need. And it's important to point out here, I mean, that's going to mean different things to different people. Some people are very extroverted. They need more social simulation than, say, an introverted person. So really think about what that means to you. Do you need to be out and about in big crowds? Does that make you feel fulfilled in terms of social well-being? Do you like smaller crowds? You know, do you have a handful of people or do you like large crowds? Anything that it means to you. But it is important to have a sense of connection, whether it's a lot of people and you're very social, whether it's a few people and you're very selective and introverted. Just make sure to fit that connection in, whether it's in person, whether it's phone calls, it could be video calls nowadays. Whatever fills your cup socially is all you need to do for social self-care. Now, I will point out here, it is very easy to let this go to the wayside now, especially because we have all become used to not being social. And let's face it, we all have lives. We've got social obligations and home obligations and work obligations. So just as it's important to fit in your self-care, it's very important to schedule it so somebody else can fit it into their self-care. It does require some scheduling, maybe, but just make sure you fit it in in any way you have to. If it can't be in person, do a phone call. If you can't do a phone call, sure, do a text, but try to make it in person if you can. And then also find in that community and that tribe of people that are interested in the same things that you are is a great way to achieve social self-care. Now, the last pillar, last but definitely not least, because these are all equally important, but the last one is recreational. It's important to make time for those hobbies and activities that interest you. It's healthy 
to continually learn or experience new things, if there's anything that you've been curious about or interested in, exploring those curiosities and hobbies or going on an adventure or exploring new areas, just try something new or different from your normal daily routine. It helps to keep life interesting. It helps you from becoming bored. So just think about what have you been curious about? What piques your interest? Look into it and try new experiences. So now that we've gone through all seven pillars, which were physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, environmental, social, and recreational, I want to point out that a well-balanced self-care routine involves each of these. So avoid restricting yourself to just one or two pillars. I know it's so easy to say, oh, I'm busy, I'm dealing with so much, and this can wait, or seven seems overwhelming. But let me tell you, self-care can't wait. It simply cannot. Research even shows that when we practice self-care, we are mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy, and you are better equipped to handle stresses, whether they're large or small, and you're more resilient, and you even live longer. So while seven may seem like a lot, you don't have to incorporate them all every single day. Just listen to your body and listen to what you need. If you're feeling alone, maybe you need more social self-care. If you're feeling bored, maybe you need more recreational self-care. If you're feeling burnt out, maybe you need mental. If you're feeling emotionally drained, maybe you need emotional. It doesn't have to be all at once, but check in with yourself in these seven areas and just see how you feel. And if an area feels off, then you address it. So it doesn't need to be overwhelming. And it also helps just to schedule it out. You can simply say, I know I need to see my friends, let me schedule something and see them a week from now. Or I feel super drained, let me schedule a day that I can really just focus on my mental self-care or my spiritual self-care. It doesn't need to be overwhelming, but it does need to happen. I can't stress that enough for yourself, for your health, and for everyone you care and love about that you want to be there for. As I always say again, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You want to be the best version of yourself at home, at work, wherever. And you need a full cup to do that. So self-care just allows you to refill that cup. And it can be difficult to schedule time, sure. But you need to schedule time for yourself just as you would for anyone else that you love or care about. And that's the one thing that I want you to take away for today's episode. Self-care is absolutely not synonymous with being self-indulgent or selfish. It means many different things to many different people. And everyone will have practices that may change over time, like what you do for self-care one day, maybe next year, doesn't fill your cup the same way and you need to change it. And that's fine. But the important thing is to listen to your body, listen to what it needs, and then just work on incorporating a balance of these pillars. And that's all we have. Until next time. I thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to rate it or leave a review. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear from you. You can email podcast at corehappiness.com. For show notes and additional resources, you can visit www.corehappiness.com. As always, please remember, never let anyone diminish your light. Until next time, sending you my love.